Welcome to the Body Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Kiara. You can expect new episodes each Wednesday that are educational, inspiring, and honest surrounding various women's health topics, spirituality, and so much more. The Body Wisdom Podcast was brought to life by integrating the physical and emotional body to deepen one's healing journey. Thanks for being here and enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of the Body Wisdom Podcast. I am so excited for today's episode, Gabby. Um, This has been something that has been on my mind, I want to say since 2018. Like when I was really getting into my own health struggles and trying to figure out why. things were the way they were because I mainly struggled with my digestion and also like sleep and mood issues and all that stuff. I mean, like I had everything you could possibly think of underneath the sun. And then I got on the gram and everyone's like, if you have these symptoms, you have parasites. And then that began everything. So I don't know what your, have you had a parasite before? I, nothing that showed up on testing, but I've done plenty of protocols. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen anything come out? Yeah. And I mean, it's hard to tell like what, what is what, but (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Okay. Like TMI, this is so funny. Um, when I, in 2018, I was like very vocal, like always have been very vocal on social media and like sharing parts of me and like what I'm going through. And this was a, a little bit before I was, um, done with the NTA program and, I was doing parasite cleanses, taking all my supplements and whatever. When I was really in the thick of it, like multiple, I would see so many worms coming out. And um, at least that's what I think. I mean, like, I, I wish I still had those pictures. But anyway, I was sharing this to social media, not the pictures. Um, and then people were messaging me. And they're like, I want to see, I want to see. <laughs> I like addiction. Yeah. I know I probably sent photos to like over 300 people like personally <laughs> like who does that and I need to DM you hold on <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like okay you really want to see my stool with a, with a worm in it or without because I also like would fish them out just to make sure some the length of like a pen I know that's nothing to what a lot of people have seen um, but yeah, so then that became, became like really like obsessive and, you know, it's just like, you could continue going down that, that path. And then I don't know, there just came a point where I actually just started to feel worse. And I was like, what's happening? It was like this initial, like, ah, I feel amazing. And like, I go to the bathroom and everything's coming out. And, um, but the thing is, like, I think what I, what really brought me solace was that we were supposed to coexist with such creatures because they're everywhere. If you have pets, they're somewhere around floating within them. Um, you know, in our produce, in our air, in our water, you know, everywhere. And, um, then I started to learn about the NTA and, um, stomach acid 
and all that. And I was like, okay, this is making so much more sense. Like we're supposed to coexist and our bodies are not supposed to make hospitable homes out of them. If we are supposed to have like that gut integrity so that they don't pass through essentially and kind of make themselves comfy cozy in our own homes. So I was like, ah, that makes more sense. <laughs> Instead of continuing to parasite cleanse, like every, what was it? Every like, full moon. And it's just, full moon yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of like you, I think it sounds like that. I, um, I started to feel like really, really tired and just exhausted. And I was like, am, am I doing something wrong? And so then I kind of switched gears and focused more on nourishment. And that really changed everything in the way I felt like for an extended period of time for like, yeah. That, I feel like, yeah. When the, I think any time that something you're doing becomes a fear based, like I, I mean, I still have it sometimes like I'll see like the other day I was walking, um, Chloe and I saw this worm on the fence and I was like, Oh, don't touch it. <laughs> like become a part of me. And it's like, why I still have, and I'm, I'm not even like, I'm still carrying so much fear, Um, and that's why when we're on social media and we're seeing all of these things, like there are some, there is some truth in in these things. And, uh, but if we're fearful of it, instead of looking at it from a lens of how can I build up my body to be so resilient that this isn't something that I have to fear. Um, and it does make sense that we like deworm our dogs and we deworm animals, um, once or twice a year. And so why wouldn't we do that to ourselves? And I I do think that makes sense, but it's like, when has it become um, something you do just once in a while to, I can't think of anything else until I get all of the parasites out of my body. Like, and I know that's like an extreme, not everyone is doing that, but for someone who I am someone personally, who's like, I dive in. And so can we like take a step back and be like, wow, this is really running my life. (laughs) I love everything you just said. And I think a lot of the women that I've worked with kind of have that similar um, approach to things. And, you know, I talk about this all the time, but we have to do the opposite of what we're so used to doing. I'm I'm just like you. I'm like, give me in and I will, I will go full force. I'm going to follow your protocol to a T. (laughs) It's like, why is nothing changing? When are these worms going to stop coming out? (laughs) Um, And I love how uh, I want you to speak to this, like just building a foundation before even going down that rabbit hole. Yeah. So the foundation is really the barrier to all illness and all sickness. And so I personally believe like if we're going to get a little spiritual, I believe that disease begins in the spirit. And so when we're uh, depleted in our spirit and our emotional body and all of that, like we kind of become vulnerable to physical illness and that's where it starts. And sometimes you don't even know that that's where like not even aware. (laughs) Don't go there. Yeah. Nope. It's almost like I, I talk a lot about this to people that I love in my personal life is that 
we are human. And so if we're not addressing our spiritual, emotional side, and this doesn't mean you have to be religious, doesn't mean you have to like call on the universe, all of these things, but regardless of what you believe and what resonates, we all have a a spirit. (laughs) And so if you aren't touching into that, then we're living like animals and we're not, and we are animals, but we're not the type of animal that doesn't have emotions. And so that comes back to the foundation of starting there and then uh, building up and nourishing your body and resting. And that doesn't rest doesn't mean you're laying on your couch for 12 hours. It means that your body and your spirit is resting and not like zipping around all of the time. You're focused um, on whatever it is you're doing instead of 10 billion things at once, all of that, that we, a lot of us struggle with. Uh, So building up your foundation to a point that these critters, I hate that word, these even worms, there's really no good word for them, (laughs) parasites or um, even mold, things that um, a lot of these detoxes, my question is why was my body allowing this in? Um, And if we're never addressing the why, we're going to be constantly chasing so the foundation is figuring out why was my body even open to this in the first place? Mm, Mike, drop. <laughs> yes, exactly. <Passionate. laughs> exactly. Because then I think if you go full force with something like Gabby and I did, then we end up feeling even worse if we don't establish those things first. And sometimes you may have to go there sometimes that that's exactly what it takes to really kind of wake up and say why is this happening and then you really start to understand all little the 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 big picture here and not get back on that hamster wheel of like chasing symptoms and supplements and all of that um so there needs to be some groundwork you need to feel a little bit more resilient and what's happening is that um, and this is the way I was trained too in, in some programs and it's to run a, run a lab on someone, get them on a protocol, like a gut detox protocol. And it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable to follow when your body is already feeling like super depleted. So what, if we just focus on nourishment first, that is going to make your body a little bit more resilient towards something like a detox protocol, because that's essentially what you're doing. You're, you're uh, using a lot of herbs, you're using various um, uh, supplements that are going to really drain and deplete your body and really like go into systems that have been dark for a while. And so you're turning on the light in a room that has been very dark and things may feel really really bad and things like for example for me when I was cleansing um I started to develop develop, like a lot of skin issues like on my chin I had like what I think was herpes simplex virus like all these viruses or like that were dormant um were coming up and out and it was really exhibiting itself on my face and I know a lot of people like I was one of those people I was like well, that's normal, just a part of the healing crisis. But the truth was my adrenals were severely tanked. My thyroid was really low. My metabolism was really slow. My heart rate was like really, really, really low. 
So my body was just running flat. And here I was putting another stressor on my body. And so yes, parasite cleanses may serve a place in someone's protocol, but do you have the resiliency to be able to go through such a stressful protocol? Yeah. And the chasing, I think, uh, Carly, who you've interviewed, she just had a really, a really amazing post recently on, she got the virus and, um, like many other people, uh, didn't have a period for a few months after, I don't want to say a few months, sorry, I might be getting that wrong. She didn't have a period. She skipped a period or two. And what she didn't do was take a ton of herbs to induce a bleed. And I thought that was really beautiful that she, she knows that she can do that, but allowing your body to do its own innate intelligence. And I think it drives home the, um, there's also a problem in the space of uh, going into these parasite cleanses without working with anyone who's knowledgeable. And there's, that's the problem too, with uh, social media is that we can get so much knowledge and it's so amazing and we can educate ourselves. But if you um, are jumping into these things, you might feel so much worse um, than if you had worked with someone or just at least taken like a step back for a minute and wondered like, is this really right for me? Even though my symptoms seem like this is the problem, um, let's be sure this is the problem first. <laughs> yes. Yes. I was one of those people. <laughs> Me, too. I, Me too. I ordered like, again, before I became an NTP, I was ordering like all of these different herbs and was putting myself on these protocols and it was not, I was, I was guessing and you know, there's, you are your own best doctor, practitioner, whatever you want to percent, You know yourself best. Yeah. Yes, you know yourself best. And it also doesn't hurt to work with someone who has, has knowledge and training and maybe has been there and done that themselves too. Um, so that you can avoid kind of going down similar, similar places, um, in your health and can really just have a good, I don't want to say like a clear roadmap because honestly, like when we were not going to sit here and lie to you, like sometimes that does look a little bit windy, but it does eliminate a lot of symptom chasing. That's for sure. Because we are going to hone in the foundations that um, we love to talk about. So yeah, I think that kind of really leads our listeners into knowing that yes, parasite cleanses can serve, but first and foremost, let's build a foundation. And I guess we should have started with what parasites are in the first place, (laughs) Um, because we were like, are they worms? Are they critters? And I think that parasites are, if you think of a human, you you say like, so-and-so is like a parasite, like just really like taking life away from you. (laughs) Like, I mean, that's what I would consider it to be. I would consider any bacteria, fungus, virus maybe um war I mean they're like actual like worms um anything that is imbalanced in your gut because we know that certain bacteria are supposed to be there certain yeast certain fungus are supposed to be there for example candida is one of them and this is a very very popular one that I get questions about all the time this is something that I personally struggled with um and that could be considered a parasite um so that's kind of like how I view parasites And, um, 
I think what, what really changed the game for me was when I learned about the root cause protocol. Um, so as a root cause protocol consultant, I learned that the, the, the biggest food source for parasites, you know, I, I, I knew that heavy metals were a big food source for them, but I didn't think about iron being considered the most toxic metal of them all. And that was like, oh, okay. Like there is another piece of the puzzle that really mainstream medicine hasn't, hasn't gotten fully there yet. And so with the work of Morley Robbins and other researchers that came before him, we are now knowing that iron is something that we don't necessarily want in abundant amounts in our bodies. And, um, I think that is kind of what's still recommended, even through functional medicine platforms, is that's exactly what I had for myself. <laughs> yes, I have such a history with this, but uh, my ferritin in the past has been pretty low, like nine, according to like these, these lab values. Um, and at one point, my doctor ordered... Um, me to get an iron infusion and the hematologist didn't follow her order, but I got that iron infusion and I've never felt so I struggle. I've struggled with fatigue because I have a history of thyroid, hypothyroid, blah, blah, blah. But the fatigue that I experienced after that iron infusion was crippling. Like it really, it almost makes me emotional because I was going to acupuncture after, and I had to climb this one flight of stairs and I could barely get up. Like it was that much fatigue. My ferritin went from a nine to a 273. Yeah. And I, I truly was like struggling to even like walk. And I know that sounds really like, come on, come on, come on. But it truly was struggling to walk. I couldn't walk upstairs and I was just like, okay, this is, this is going to be fine. (laughs) Like, uh, I'm still going to do everything I need to do. I'm still going to try to work out. Um, but most of the time it was like, I was like, I literally at that point, like not to be dramatic again, but I was carrying my legs up the stairs. Cause I was like, I can't even, and I know that it was from that iron infusion and that was the only change. Um, so I'm so glad we're talking about this. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Um, whenever I run a full Monty iron panel, Morley does not like to see that number ferritin level above, um, 20. And that is, I mean, there was one time where he said, ideally it should be at zero because it's stored iron in the cell versus oh, in, in, in the bloodstream. But anyway, I'm going to be devil's advocate and say, um, cause I also felt tired at not nearly as tired at nine as 273, but I also felt very tired at nine Yeah, so would be like your thought on that. Yeah. So if ferritin is that low, you could also kind of make um, an assumption without testing because also parasites are really hard to catch on GI max, for example, yeah. Due to their cell structure. Um, there's no perfect test out there yet. So everyone just kind of assumes that they have them. Um, but what we were taught is that that is their food source. So if it's really, really low, they're kind of like eating off of that. And on the same end of the spectrum too, like if it's super, super high, then that could also indicate parasitic infection. So really we want to be like somewhere in between, again, that range 
Okay. So yeah, finding balance within that. Um, <clears throat> so ferritin is important to look at. Um, hemoglobin is important to look at. Um, and then we also have the cofactors for iron to really be um, uh, floating along in the iron recycling system like we want it to be. Um, and that's going to include retinol. And with having retinol and magnesium inside of the red blood cell, zinc, um, yeah, I feel like that's, oh, whole food vitamin C. Um, we have those things that are in abundant amounts or like having enough of them, then iron is going to be moving along how we want it to be in the re iron recycling system. And retinol plus uh, copper equals bioavailable copper. And really you need bioavailable copper for iron to be moving as it's supposed to be. And a lot of people do not have bioavailable copper. They may be dealing with high levels of copper. And um, like if we look at a hair test, for example, it looks like um, someone who's been on birth control, for example, for an extended period of time. And we see high cup copper levels, which could also indicate like estrogen dominance. And usually we assume with that too, it's not high copper. You don't have high copper, it's lack of bioavailable copper. So it's not necessarily the copper that we need for iron to be doing its thing. Um, and really we only need one milligram of iron daily. Um, and then the rest the 24 milligrams is then recycled through the iron recycling system. So it's really making sure we're talking to everything we've been saying, like to the whole body, not just a specific lab value and bringing up that very specific lab value when we're not even addressing like all the other things that need to happen in order for that lab value to be normal. Exactly. Um, yeah. Exactly. So you wouldn't do the constipation like, on iron supplements. It's like, yeah. And it's everywhere, right? <laughs> it's not just like, like in, um, in some birth control, uh, I don't know what you would call them, brands. Um, the placebo pill contains 75 milligrams of iron. Mm. And that is insane. I mean, if you just heard me say what I said, one milligram of iron. And the placebo pill, I know that's like, that happens, I don't even know how many days in, but um, that's a lot. That's a lot, a lot, a lot. And then on top of that, if you're eating iron fortified cereals, if you are eating, um, I'm trying to think of what else it's in like food so many foods um foods. Uh, you just have to be this is why we read ingredients right yeah I always try to say like don't look at the label in the front read like actually read the ingredient a lot of my family will like send me this thing because it says like gluten-free and uh non-gmo and I'm like well what do, what do the ingredients say what's on the ingredients <laughs> yes I know my mom's like oh but it says non-gmo on the label she goes to Costco buy something new every single time I'm like no but like <laughs> And we've all been there. I've, we've I've all been there uh, <laughs> for sure. And um, it just takes practice, but um, I feel like iron is fortified in a lot of things. And then on top of that, um, prenatals, multivitamins, not that I'm anti prenatals because I, I, I want every woman to, to be informed and I want them to make a conscious choice and decision. Like what does their diet look like? Um, is that better is it better to have a prenatal because their diet is not where we want it to be and obviously that's that should be first from our approach like food first always 
Um, and, and the reason why multivitamins in prenatals can be a cause for concern in some cases is because of the imbalanced ratios that they have. And on top of that, a lot of them have iron. Some don't, um, which is great, but they may also have DHA or EPA. And that is, those are omega-3 fatty acids, which are delicate. And, you know, any capsule or any supplement goes through its own processing. So we want to make sure that that is being really well taken care of. And it's really hard to know that if it's gone through, if it's been exposed to light, heat, oxygen, all of those things. Um, and if, if you're also not getting the right retinol from prenatals and multivitamins, it's usually like retinol palm, palmitate. Um, there's so many different kinds, but that's just one of the ones I'm thinking of off the top of my head. And it's not the retinol, like preformed vitamin A retinol that only comes from animal products. Um, so that is a cause for concern because if iron's in there, then it's, it's going to throw things off balance. And I know some women too, and I was one of them for a little bit too, who would just supplement prenatals because it had everything that, you know, I was looking to get anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was not pregnant and I just thought it was just something that I should be doing per like functional medicine advice and this, that, and the other. So just be wary of any supplement that you put into your body and really do your due diligence and research. I love how the root cause protocol really um, utilizes the, the starts and the stops. And you guys can find all of this on the root cause protocol website because Morley just wants this information to be available to the public. So you can download the root cause protocol manual start the RCP on your own. There is a magnesium advocacy group on Facebook. If you want like to ask questions to the general public, um, I don't think Morley or like any of the RCP sees actually, no, they are in there moderating. I don't know if Morley is though, but I know there are some RCP sees moderating the group, but I mean, it's obviously not like an individualized protocol. So you're kind of just like guessing there as well. But I think it's a good place to start really implementing the starts and the stops. Um, And really a lot of the foods or or supplements, I should say, are like food-based, like bee pollen, a stabilized rice bran, whole food vitamin C from like Osterwelda cherries or camu camu, which are fruits. Um, Nothing is like here i mean yeah like magnesium adrenal cocktail um but nothing is like too far-fetched and you're like what is this going to do to my body so but also i really love the titrated process that they have with everything really breaking everything up into phases so all that to say um all of those cofactors need to be in play for iron to do its thing so that it doesn't become stuck in the tissues, which can also accumulate with estrogen. So we see this a lot in women who are, um, uh, who have PCOS, for example. Actually, I would say the majority of the Full Monty Iron Panels that I've ran have some sort of iron dysregulation going on. I have yet to see like a perfect Full Monty Iron Panel. Um, and some are better than others. You know, it just really depends. So... Yeah, that was a lot. <laughs> no, it, no, I think you're driving home the whole food, like it, making sure you're discerning before you're just taking um, a supplement. And 
how many whole food versions we have that we might as well take advantage of because they're in their whole food form. Um, But a question that I can hear and someone asking is, um, and the reason we're talking about this is because foundations, we're talking about the foundations and and preventing parasites and things like that from taking home um, in your body. But what would you say to someone that would say, well, a lot of our soils depleted. So can we rely on whole food versions? Mm, yeah, that's a that's a good question, and I might think, be. Yeah, <laughs> I think ideally, um, in an ideal world, we would all have our own land and grow and live up for our own food. Like that's personally been a dream of mine, and you have control of your soil and like all that. But of course, that requires a lot of work, and obviously, not everyone wants that lifestyle. So um, I think that there are certain supplements, like I just mentioned, like magnesium is one of them. That's definitely something that's void in our soil today. I'm not anti-supplement. I think there just needs to be caution with using one that, because also minerals are, um, they work synergistically with one another and you don't want to incorporate supplements that are going to be antagonistic so that they actually just don't end up working as you want them to. And so that can happen with, um, like if you take zinc, for example, and and I'm going to be like cautious as I say this too, because like, yes, some people want to take zinc for, you know, a certain thing that has been going around for the past couple of years. And, um, yes, maybe that's more beneficial than not taking it, you know, depending on the person and depending on their state and, and all that stuff. Um, but for someone who's taking it for an extended, extended period of time, what that does is, is deplete copper, zinc alone. Um, if you're taking whole food vitamin C, ascorbic acid, or I'm sorry, not whole food vitamin C, ascorbic acid, like supplement vitamin C, that depletes copper too. So yes, supplements serve, and we just want to make sure that we're not also causing any other imbalances too. So supplements, I would be, and again, this is all on the RCP. Um, I would stop our vitamin D because it's, it's a hormone. And again, this is something that's nuanced too, because some people like to use it for the thing that has been going around for the past two years. And, um, you know, is it better to, to, to use that for the time being, depending on the person? I don't know case by case that needs to be assessed. Um, but extended like hundred thousand IUs people have been on for extended periods of time. That is probably not something that we want to do. Especially um, if you're not testing to see. Like, especially if you're not testing. And even if you are testing stored vitamin D is what's usually what's tested. It's not active vitamin D. Right. Um, so how do we even really know? And if you are magnesium deficient, I would address that first before going to a hormone D supplement. Cause yes, it is a hormone. So really like our best medicine there would be magnesium supplementation and sunlight. Um, and also vitamin D supplementation can create a calcium shell. It can deplete retinol. Um, there's just a lot that could happen there if you're doing a lot, an abundant amount of it, or if you're doing it for an extended period of time, um, zinc, copper, ascorbic acid, um, 
I'm like forgetting all the stops right now, but they're on the website. So you can check them out. So I think food is first and there are supportive supplements that can kind of take, make, what am I trying to say? There are supportive supplements that can be super helpful in addition to the food that you're consuming. And I also think like ancestral eating, you don't really have to worry so much about like the plants because you're eating a lot of animal proteins too. So just and making sure you're sourcing, like um, you're sourcing of the meat you're eating, the sourcing of if you are taking supplements, making sure that the sourcing of that is providing you nutrients. Because if you just take any like willy nilly, like any supplement, we have no idea where that came from, especially if the company isn't transparent and telling you. And a lot of them are white labeling. A lot of them are the same exact product, just with their label slapped on it. And so it's like, if you I don't want to bash anyone, but it's kind of like an integrity thing. If you aren't, if you don't even know where this is coming from, like as the company, like, how do I trust you as a consumer? And so using, um, yeah, discernment on what you're taking and knowing that the supplement, especially whole food versions, you can often see like where their source is, and then you can build trust there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then food too, like trusting your food local farms and when that's not available the next best like just the next best yeah really doing what you can because I know there are a lot of our audience like varies like people are still in college I work with women who are in college to to moms to women who are in menopause you know mm-hmm. it, it varies in which life stage you are in in college I definitely was not shopping at farmers markets I was shopping I wasn't at, talking to my local farmer I wasn't talking to sure. <laughs> I was yeah Doing a lot. I have seen more of that. I have seen more of that. Like as our our generation, or I guess Gen Z, I'm a millennial, but uh, you know, as they as we have this access to social media and stuff, and it's like, oh, maybe I should be like really paying attention to where my food comes from. And some people like get really interested in that, and then they start having conversations when they're younger. And like, ideally, that's what I would love to see happen in this world. My I love it. educating them and like where does this come from mama like you know that is super important um I think that should be in schools like that should be a part of the curriculum in some place um (laughs) but yeah I think having conversations with local farmers um as close to the source as possible is kind of what we learned in, in the NTA um and doing the best that you can there because you're also um contributing to the environment from that perspective as well. So there are many pros to shopping locally. Mm -hmm. Animals are so smart and they know what to do. So we really need to, just as we like can trust the native people to show us how to work the land, we should also be trusting the animals. Like they know what they're doing. So why have we come in? You know, that's a whole other podcast topic, but just finding the beauty and like the earth is very cohesive and, and it knows how to function. So let's allow <laughs> that to happen. It's kind of like creating space in our own bodies too. Once we give ourselves the right tools and, and resources and the right environments, our body knows exactly what to do. So exactly. same with an animal. Like if we give the cows the land that we want them to feed off of, then 
I mean, just the, what can happen and ripple outward from that. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we should do a podcast and like, yeah. <laughs> you know, animals, regenerative farming and, and plants and all that stuff that's happening out there, the nonsense that's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so yeah, where do you want to go next with this parasite conversation? <laughs> yeah. What are your thoughts on the sugar concept? Um, so I think that parasites are, there's this, there's this notion in the alternative health space that, and I think we should do like a whole episode on sugar as well, mm-hmm. um, because sugar has been deemed as bad and toxic. I even referred to myself as a sugar addict once, um, and <laughs> I can't believe I went that far to say it, but I literally felt like a sugar addict. I felt like I was having to almost start locking things away in my house or just not buying them entirely. And it was just such like this, this strong urge to like eat something with sugar in it. And that was because I was, um, restricting it so much too, that I would restrict, 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 and then binge. And so I thought these parasites were like so active and like, they were the ones that were telling me that they needed sugar. (laughs) And so I was like depriving myself and like, almost like having this battle with these parasites. Like, no, I'm not going to give you the food that you want. Um, I, I obviously, when I refer to sugar, I'm not referring to like the, the poor quality sugar that exists in like mainstream society, but like simple sugars such as um, honey and maple syrup and even organic cane sugar. Like I cannot tell you the relief that my body felt and how I even lost weight by incorporating these, these foods back Mm -hmm. into my life. Mineral Um, rich. What? Mineral rich, right? Mineral rich. And I was just like the glucose, like primary source of fuel in our bodies like my body just felt like alive in Mm -hmm. such a different way and I was drinking fruit juices I was eating fruit because I also do mixed fruit for a little bit and I thought because again this is what I was like learning from the socials was that sugar is bad for you if you want to uh, get rid of your candida if you want to get rid of any yeast uh, overgrowth or um, parasitic infections all that you need to eliminate sugar and that again is not the case and really what we just talked about the whole iron piece that's kind of what where I would focus my efforts on now we're not saying that you should go ahead and do like uh you know, go eat crazy amounts of sugar and like, down like, a bottle of maple syrup. Yeah. <laughs> like go snort sugar. Like we're not telling you to do that. Um, but I, I found- that's something that if I would have heard this a couple of years ago, I would have done it. So I'm glad that you're like, it, it doesn't mean you like go from zero to 100 and that's another topic, but just like incorporating these things a little on your oatmeal to start like, just, yeah, go slow, enjoy it. Because otherwise, a lot of systems are not set up for that. You can be um, experiencing glucose intolerance at a cellular level. And so is that glucose that you're taking in actually getting into the cell and being utilized? So a lot of women actually end up feeling worse. And they're like, I'm so tired. I'm so exhausted. And I'm gaining weight. And it's like, okay, well, let's let's look at a hair test. And magnesium is low. Potassium is low. Sodium is low. Um, calcium is imbalanced because of all of that. So 
<laughs> really taking a titrated approach and like element like I I don't want to say like I went bonkers with it but I definitely didn't take like a titrated approach with it um and my, my body responded like pretty well I'd say but also some bodies don't and and really knowing that I think should should really prompt you to think okay like how I'm gonna how am I gonna approach this do I want to go like balls to the wall crazy with it where can I find like a happy medium with it um, but really incorporating those natural sweeteners that I just mentioned, even organic cane sugar, because even when I mentioned that people are like, what, like sugar, like actual sugar granules. And it's like, yeah. And I would put that in my coffee every morning and it felt so good. Um, but it wasn't like two tablespoons of it. It was just like, just, you know, enough to sweeten my coffee. Um, and then natural fruits, um, root vegetables that convert themselves into glucose, um, any carbohydrate really is going to convert itself into glucose. And we need that again. Otherwise our body will start manufacturing its own fuel by um, breaking down its own tissue. And then that's also why I think I started to feel really tired and fatigued when I was, um, on these parasite protocols, because I was eliminating a lot of those, those foods. I was trying to be like keto, low carb, don't eat the sweets kind of, kind of deal. So that's my take on sugar and parasites. I love it. I think you, you summed it all up perfectly. (laughs) Thanks. Is there anything else that you think we should cover? I think, I mean, I feel like we've really nailed in like the summary of, um, foundations and making sure your body and not, and also, uh, not comparing to somebody else's journey. Um, like even someone that heard, oh, Kiara brought all this in and she lost weight. It's like, and, and like lost the weight that you didn't need. It's not like a, you were on a weight loss journey. It sounds like, but it's our, our fat loss, whatever you want to call it, but it's like, but your body, you've had an entirely different experience. And so that's something I often have to remind myself. It's like, just because this person had this experience doesn't mean that I'm going to, and I can get in touch with my body and like what she needs and um, not compare my journey to somebody else's. Yeah. Oh my God. That's huge. I think we should do another podcast. On that. Yeah. <laughs> so many ideas because that is definitely something I think in, if you're on social media, I think it's, I don't want to say it's natural to do it, but it just happens. And like, I, I do that myself with, with other areas of my life. And it's like, you really need to maintain those strong energetic boundaries and really remember that you are the star of the show and everyone else was just playing those, um, the, what are they called? And, and like shows and, in the, in Hollywood extras. Yeah. Extras, extras. <laughs> Um, I did want to mention one more thing about parasites being the perfect vibrational match for trauma. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Since this is kind of like our, what I focus on inside of my practice is really integrating this piece, especially now that I'm going through the somatic experiencing, um, training, um, created by Dr. Peter Levine. Um, we can't just approach it from one lens, right? If someone is experiencing symptoms, if they're tired all the time, they're depressed, they're anxious, et cetera. Um, I really love integrating the nutrition and trauma piece because this really creates like a full picture. Um, 
a holistic approach, if you will. Um, and so when we think about trauma, this is something that is also kind of taking over your body, right? If unaddressed, if unresolved. And remember, and, and we'll, we'll have to do a whole episode on like trauma and exactly what it is. Um, but just to kind of give you a brief synopsis of what trauma is, because I think when we hear that word trauma, it's like this huge ginormous thing. And we think of capital T trauma, you know, sexual assault, um, war, etc. But trauma is just any event that overwhelms your system and is unable to recover from the event due to potentially what it didn't receive too in that event. Um, so trauma is also what didn't happen to you. Um, and so if that goes unresolved, we could live in this chronic fight or flight state for a very, that could last years on end. That could last someone's entire life if they are not addressing it. Um, and then eventually that may fall into what is called dorsal vagal. Um, and then freeze state is uh, having the gas and the brake on at the same time. And so we have this survival physiology from that event that kind of like, just imagining like palm size balls, just like put in places of your body. Maybe you're starting to experience gut issues, pain, et cetera. Um, kind of like starting to slowly take over. On top of that, you're living in modern industrialized society type A worlds that, um, you know, we have to worry about paying bills. We have to worry about driving to work and, and rush hour and taking care of the kids, all this stuff. And that's slowly but surely taking over your life. And it, I mean, I think that is the perfect vibrational match for a parasite infection. All of this accumulated stress you're probably not prioritizing your nourishment because you're in survival. And the last thing that you're thinking about is what you're going to eat for breakfast and how it's perfectly, perfectly planned out and curated. Your day is perfect. And it's just, life is so easy. Um, the hour morning routine is a perfect <laughs> morning routine. And, um, and so I think that that needs to be a part of the picture too, because if we are doing everything on the nutrition front, a lot of the time, I mean, we talked about stomach acid, um, your vagus nerve is the main conductor of that as well. And so if our vagus nerve or vagal tone has been weakened or dampened, it needs to build up resiliency. It needs to strengthen. And that happens when it's not chronically stressed out. And if you're chronically stressed out, I get curious as to why, um, no one is born that way. And we have to really look into someone's live life. Um, and or, lives. <laughs> or lives. <laughs> and then we have to go into childhood and like, why do they put so much on their plate? Um, are they in shutdown? And are they just exhausted? And you know, what, what, were the events that really led up to this space. And not that we have to know all of the intricacies because that would probably take days to really sort out, maybe years to really sort out, maybe like 10 or so journal um, journals. Anyway, mm -hmm. um, really working from a somatic lens also helps us just work with the body because you could cognitively process these traumas. For example, death of a loved one, 
you could have gone through the five stages of grief, etc. But the nervous system remembers and stores memory, implicit memory is what it's called. So you may not even cognitively recall all of the events that you may have gone through in your life. And what completes the, the trauma response is going to be finishing that, um, what is called, it's a completion of the survival physiology. So for example, if someone's in fight, we need to complete that response. If, it, if someone's in flight, we need to complete that response. If someone's in freeze, we need to complete that response. Um, if you have an abusive dad and you were a child and you never got to speak up and use your voice, we need to complete that response today. That doesn't mean you have to call your dad and, and tell him no, um, but you can really work with the body from a somatic standpoint and do that on your own and complete that response. Mm-hmm. And it's really beautiful. And so that is the work that I also weave into my practice because yeah, I find more and more that I work with women who are in that phase. They've kind of been there, done that like us. And it's like, okay, where do we go next? Um, going a little bit deeper, but also like having the resiliency to be able to go to those places. I really love nourishment because of that. A lot of people like processing emotions can, can be a really, really hard job. Like, can you cook yourself a meal afterwards? Can you eat a snack afterwards because then we bring in the blood sugar component as well. And that could also be really hard on your nervous system if you're not supporting blood sugar. So both are equally important for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love all of what you're saying. And I want to acknowledge to the person too, that this feels like a hole that you're just not interested in going down. And I think the question Um, often comes up, at least in my personal life, when I'm speaking on this is, well, why, why do it? Why, why is that helpful for me to know? Like, why can't I just move forward? Why can't I just do this and do that? And it's like the body is often working in the subconscious loop. And so, so many things that you do every single day aren't even conscious, they're subconscious. And so if you can think of areas that you're struggling in your life, And then think of areas um, that you're not struggling. Like that's often a subconscious. um, And I'm not going through this training. This is just like, I'm telling you my own um, experience and and knowledge of it. But it's often the subconscious mind that is making those decisions. And so if we can kind of rewire and not ignore, but acknowledge these parts of our body that are struggling and the reason or or the reason we're struggling is because those parts of our body are struggling. Um, We can say there are different parts and this is a whole other thing. I do my personal therapy is internal family systems. It's what I work through and it's different parts of your body um, and speaking to them. And if we can acknowledge them, then they might make a better subconscious decision. This might sound like really like out there for some people, but um, for the person that is curious of what's the point, why would I go down that hard path? Um, It's because we're soothing these different parts of you that you picked up along the way. And then they in turn will help to make your life a little easier (laughs) when they're working in like cohesive. I love um, that. I love that. Yeah. It's, um, I love parts work, internal family systems. And I think what you just said, like acknowledging, I think that's all, I think, where did I hear this today? I can't remember where I heard it, but, (laughs) 
um, I think it was like a podcast, our deepest human need is to be seen. Yes. How many times have you been in an argument and you just want that person to tell you, I hear you, I hear you. like all you want, <laughs> even yeah. if you don't agree with me, I just hear you. And like, really you feel that deep into the, the, your, your viscera. Like you actually feel that you, you feel attuned to this person is looking at you right in your eyes and you feel so seen. Mm-hmm. I mean, just like even saying that just like puts like, it's like, ah, thank you. Cause you're not fighting. You're not fighting anymore. You're just, you might have different viewpoints, but you hear each other. Um, and you can do that to yourself too. You can do that to yourself. Exactly. So then with parts work and, and we can do another podcast episode on this too, but um, <laughs> self has this, this beautiful energy to be able to see and witness these other parts that probably have protectors on top of them. And it's, it's a beautiful process because I like to compare it to as if you were looking at some animals at the farm, you wouldn't just go like reach out to them and like get in their space and like ask them all these questions. And you just really give them the listening room and really hear what they have to say and just acknowledging and acceptance and where we are is the first step in order to get there to move quote unquote faster in our healing journey. So I think so much of it comes from this resistance, this space of resistance that that is actually holding us back. So if we opened and said yes to, I'm, I'm sick, I'm, I'm not feeling good. And this is where I am. And I accept my body. How can I be with my body right now? Kind of what you mentioned earlier with like Carly and her period not coming back. Like, I'm just going to be with my body and show her love in all the ways that I know how instead of like hopping to something that's going to fix me and heal me I, I trust that my body's going to do exactly what it's intended to what it was born to do she might need this break like let her have a break <laughs> exactly so mm, such a beautiful conversation <laughs> so many good podcast topics to come to you guys so stay tuned um I'm trying to think if there's anything else we need to talk about. Uh, oh, uh, retreat. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. Retreat. The Nourished Woman Retreat is coming up. And I think by the time this episode will come out, I think it'll be like exactly like a month, less than a month away. For any latecomers, you're so welcome. <laughs> um, there's still room available. And we just, I just actually sent out the itinerary to all of the uh, guests so far and packing lists and all that good stuff. I cannot wait to meet everyone here at in, in Tulum. Um, it's just going to be such a beautiful space to come together as women. And we will also have like the perfectly ca- carefully curated environment for somatic work. So if this work interests you, um, it, doing it in person just brings a whole other beautiful layer to it. And if you're also like, but what about the food? I'm also um, going to be teaching the guests and how to like prepare meals. I mean, they probably all know how to prepare meals, but like from a nervous system standpoint, like what it looks like to cook with me in the kitchen on a regular basis, we're going to be doing that one of those days. Um, so really coming at health and wholeness and oneness from various directions and no other place to do it than Tulum, Mexico. So if that interests you, you can click the link in the show notes to reserve your room. 
Yeah. You don't have to be experienced. I want to make sure that people don't yeah. think they, you don't even need to know what somatic experiencing is. You, you might be really confused and you're the perfect person to, to come and get this like amazing experience with someone like you. And also I think the, the cooking piece of it, I didn't even know that you were doing that. And that's amazing because I think that so many people are in this fight or flight state when they're cooking, especially if you're a parent, you're like, I just need to do this as fast as I can. And it's kind of like, how can we, you're very inspiring to me in the kitchen. So I can only imagine that will be a very, like, I just picture you in like this really like serene, it's not like a rush, 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 rush. And I know you've talked about that. Kitchen is like, outside but covered it's like it's such a beautiful space you guys if you haven't looked at the video on the sales page like look at it but that it's going to be so like picturesque and awesome and yeah from a nervous system standpoint like what does it look like and different things too that a lot of the women like even my students I mentioned like um how we eat is how we make love and it's just Mm -hmm. so spot on true and so are we eating fast, 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 fast? Like these are the, that is where all of it lies. Like in our food and our love and everything, that's, that's life itself. And so if we're zooming past the, the most important parts, it's just such a beautiful missed opportunity. And I'm so excited to really share the practices that I implement um, to kind of ground myself into my space. I've done this work with my clients too online, but in person, I feel like it's just like, no, this is how it feels. And this is how you do it. Sometimes I wish I could go fly to my clients' houses and like really <laughs> show them just to kind of eliminate like a lot of the back and forth messaging and stuff. Like, I really want you to understand like what this looks like. And it's such a beautiful process. So I was like, I got to throw that in there. That's probably why you haven't heard of it because it's kind of new, but um, yeah, I'm throwing that in there. So all of the details are in the link in the show notes on the sales page. So just, just message us if you have any questions and we will see y'all next week. Okay. Bye. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. If the episode resonated with you, feel free to share it with a friend and give the podcast a five-star review and rating as this allows us to grow and continue having incredible guests on the show. Thank you so much for your support until next time.